G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. we look in the mirror and realize that we're simply not worthy to come before the throne of grace. And yet because of Jesus, nothing more needs to be done for you and me to walk boldly before God into his throne room and say, Father, I love you. I want to be in your presence. Nothing more needs to be done. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works as we continue with this next message in a series called The Holy Spirit and Me. And today, it's all about taking the garbage out in our lives. All right, let's head into God's Word and do stay tuned because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about a free daily devotional that I'd love to send you to help you live each and every day in the power of God's Spirit and the power of God's Word. These days, we don't just want to know God. We just don't want to know him in our heads. But we want to experience God. And historically, as we look back, Christians have made, I guess, two extreme mistakes in living their lives out with God. The first is that they focus just on truth. Truth as head knowledge. Studying the Bible, knowing lots of things, getting doctrine sorted out in their heads. But, you know, that ends up being really dry. And there's no joy or, or peace in that, that head knowledge. And it becomes like religion. The other extreme, right at the other end of the scale, people have said, you know, we're rejecting that. We're sick of that kind of dry head knowledge kind of God truth. And we want to experience God. It was a reaction to that, the dryness of the head knowledge. And so those Christians kind of emphasized God's wonderful spiritual gifts, you know, prophecy and, and healing and, and worship, and that's really exciting. But there's a risk that you do that and you de-emphasize the truth. And that form of Christianity ends up becoming kind of wacky and unreliable, and at its worst, emotional manipulation. But somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle there's an answer. Somewhere in the middle there's God's word and his truth and all of his goodness, but also the spiritual reality of experiencing who God actually is in the middle of life. And you know, when you look at Jesus, Jesus lived in that middle ground. At times in his ministry, it was full of emotion. It was from his heart. You know, when he was healing lepers, when he was weeping over Lazarus, when he was weeping over Jerusalem, and at other times in his ministry, he taught on the hard issues. The Sermon on the Mount, the, the hypocrisy of the religious leaders. Jesus was in the middle ground. He believed in the truth of God's word. And yet he lived it out in a reality that was, well, so real, so human, so Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 23, it says this, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. And so 
his fame spread through all of Syria. Jesus was into, yes, teaching and preaching and knowing God's word, but he was into touching people's lives and healing them and and changing them and, and bringing them new life as well. And because of both of those things, his fame spread. People came from far and wide. It's really funny, if we try and just stick to biblical truth alone, that sort of very head knowledge kind of truth, we can end up missing out on who God really is. We can end up living out a faith which is religious, which is rule-based, which is critical, which is, I don't know, it's not freedom. On the other hand, if, if we end up just in the experience camp, we can end up right off the rails because God's truth about who he is and and what he wants us to do and how he wants us to live our lives out. God's truth is so important. And sometimes you'll hear a preacher from one camp criticising a preacher from another camp. And I'm thinking, what's that about? They stare at each other across this divide and the Jesus that I know, the Jesus that you discover in the Bible, was a Jesus who passionately believed in the truth of God's word. And a Jesus who passionately lived out that truth in such a real way. This Jesus laid all of his glory aside, even though he was the son of God. And he walked on this earth as a man. And yet he had such a wonderful and powerful and dynamic relationship with his father in heaven through the spirit. Jesus used to get up early in the morning and go out on his own and and pray because he had this wonderful, real relationship with God in heaven. Last week, we looked at what Jesus said to his disciples on this subject. In John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15, he said, if you love me, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask my dad, and he'll give you another advocate. This is the spirit of truth whom the world can't receive because it doesn't see him and doesn't know him. But you know him because he abides in you. Those who love me will keep my word. And my dad will love them and we'll come and make a home with them. Isn't that beautiful? Being a Christian is, is loving Jesus. And loving Jesus is knowing the truth and obeying him. And then we experience him because he says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I'll ask dad and he'll give you the Holy Spirit. And we'll come and live with you. You'll experience God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwelling in us through his Spirit every minute of every hour of every day. Come on, that's fantastic. And he says, you and me and me and you. So for Jesus, knowing God is is not just knowing the truth. It's about intimacy as well. A real experience of who God is. But there's a problem with that. The problem that we have is the problem of sin. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. What do we do about that problem? How do we get over that problem to have this powerful, wonderful relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit? We'll have a look at that when we come back after this break. As we take this short break... I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to Jesus. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a 
powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300-722-415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. So right now, let's get back into God's Word to look at God's solution to a problem that we all have. Well, Jesus promised that following him and being a Christian wasn't just about head knowledge of the truth, but about an intimate relationship with him. And in this series called The Holy Spirit and Me, we're looking at this spirit of wisdom and truth, as Jesus called him, the Holy Spirit, and experiencing the joy and the peace in an intimate relationship with God. But our problem, as we looked before the break, is the problem of, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll obey me. And you and I in our nature are not very good at obeying. And I confess, not so many years ago, I used to have a problem with this. Christians used words like sin and repent, and, and Jesus said, repent because the kingdom of God has come near to tell you the truth. To me, it was all out of date and anachronistic and old fashioned and rubbish. Come on, what's this repent and sin business? If it feels good, do it. We live in an anything-goes kind of world. I mean, a woman looks at having an abortion and she says, well, it's my body, it's my choice. If it, if it feels good, do it. That's the world we live in. We're programmed for self-indulgence today. In the same way as our grandparents coming out of a depression and, and a world war were programmed for self-discipline and, and austerity. On the one hand, we want it all. On the other hand, we ignore the human cost of this sort of a life divorce and abortion and marriage breakdown and breakdown in relationships and loneliness and you know it's a law of life that for any relationship to bring satisfaction and joy the people who participate in that relationship have to pay a price marriage is like that before i met my wife jackie i came and go as i pleased and then we went through a courtship and, and more of my time was involved in a relationship with her and we went through an engagement and more of my time was involved and, and then we were married. And once we were married, I could no longer come and go as I pleased. I could no longer make all of my own decisions. I could no longer spend all of my money on everything that I wanted. Now that sounds like oppression. Oppressed? No way. This man is liberated, liberated to enjoy my life as Jackie's husband in a relationship that's so wonderful with her. But there's a cost. There's a daily cost in that I cannot come and go as I please anymore. And that takes some adjustment, but that's the price of a wonderful relationship. And the same is true with God. Our relationship with God follows the same principle, but it's hard. Because all those other things that we want to do is the stuff that God calls sin. 
stealing, pulling other people down, being dishonest, the bad stuff. But giving them up can be hard because it's not in our nature to give up the things that we don't want to give up because we're selfish. And the Apostle Paul has exactly the same problem. If you have a Bible, grab it. We're going to Romans chapter 7, beginning at verse 14 through to verse 21. This is what he says. We know that the law is spiritual, but I'm of the flesh. I'm sold into slavery under sin. I don't understand why I do things, because I don't do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now, if I do what I don't want, I agree, the law's good, but in fact, it's no longer I that do it, but the sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that's within my flesh. I can will what's right, I just can't do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil that I don't want is what I do. Now, if I do what I don't want, it's no longer I that do it, but the sin that dwells in me. So I find this to be a law that when I want to do what's good, evil lies close at hand. In other words, Paul's torn. He's torn between what he wants and making the sacrifices in living his life for God. Now, I praise God that Paul has this same problem because here is a man who wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. God had a big role for Paul to play. Hallelujah. Paul has the same problem that I do and the same problem that you do. Have you ever felt like Paul? You want to do the right thing, but some days we just can't. What's the answer? What's the solution? I remember Nicky Gumbel. You may have watched Nicky Gumbel or heard him speak on the Alpha series. He tells a wonderful story of an old woman whose funeral he had to do, and she was a woman who lived on the streets. She carried all her belongings around in plastic bags, and she just lived on the streets, and and she was a street person. And when it came to her funeral, he discovered that she was a multi, multi-millionaire. She had some great inheritance, but she couldn't come to the point of taking all those bags of rubbish and throwing them away and going and living in that inheritance. And we can be the same. We have an inheritance, an inheritance in Christ. We're heirs, co-heirs with him. You believe in Jesus? Then we're one of God's kids. But sometimes we want to hang on to the rubbish, to the stuff. What's the answer? How do we deal with that? Well, God has an answer. And his answer comes in two parts. We're going to look at those in just a moment. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. You and I, we need power to be holy. We need power to follow hard after Jesus in our lives. We need power to become all that God wants us to be and to do all that he's called us to do. Serious power. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Holy Spirit Power, and it's full of life-changing, practical Bible teaching to help you live your life in the incredible power of the Holy Spirit. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send you your free booklet straight out in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. All right, let's dive straight back into God's Word now to see what else He has to say to us today.
Well, what is God's answer? God's plan, as we saw, as Jesus said there, is that he comes and lives with us, lives in us through his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to have this beautiful and wonderful, intimate relationship with God day by day. Can I encourage you, if you believe in Jesus and you're not walking in that sort of relationship today, today God is calling you into a deeper, closer, more intimate relationship with him. But Jesus said that that relationship was for those who loved him and he would know who loves him because those who love him obey him. Yet here we see the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 disgusted with himself, struggling with his sin. This is what he writes, begins in chapter 7 verse 24. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, with my mind, I'm a slave to the law of God, but my flesh is a slave to the law of sin. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, none, because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh couldn't do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh And to deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the just requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In other words, how does God deal with this? God has dealt with my sin, and God has dealt with your sin by letting Jesus die on the cross to pay for that. Every relationship has a price. And when we look at us and God, it can feel like in this struggle that Paul has with his own sinful nature, it can feel like we're the ones that have to pay the price all the time. We're the ones that have to give stuff up, which is hard to give up sometimes. People who are addicted to anger, people who are addicted to gossip, people who are addicted to sexual immorality find those things hard to give up. And it feels like Jesus is saying, well, if I want to have a relationship with him, I have to give those things up and I'm the one making the sacrifice. Well, in a sense, that's true. But Jesus has already made the sacrifice for us. Jesus has already opened the door. Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus died on the cross for me. You and I are forgiven if we place our faith in him. Full stop. End of story. No arguments. No more work to be done. Every sin that I have ever committed, every sin that I will commit has been paid for in full by Jesus Christ. That's the good news. That part is free. That's the starting point. That's the beginning of a clean, fresh, new relationship with the slate wiped clean. But the problem is you and I still want to carry the garbage around. You and I still want to carry the sin around with us because that's what our nature is. That's our human nature. That's exactly what Paul is struggling with in that passage. I know what's good. I can will to do what's good. I just can't do it. I end up doing the stuff I don't want to do. And every time I want to do good, says Paul, I find a law that evil is right at hand. So there's got to be a second part. We're forgiven, we're set free, nothing more needs to be done for you and I to walk boldly before God into his throne room and say, Father, I love you, I want to be in your presence. 
Nothing more needs to be done. But God actually wants to set us free in our lives. God wants us to be free of sin. Jesus said, I have come to set the captives free. That's you. That's me he's talking about. Hallelujah. He wants to set us free. But look at it. He, he talks about here being free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Because God has done away with sin through Jesus. Those of us who live according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. What does that mean? God's talking here about his spirit, about spiritual things. Last week we looked at what Jesus said. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will send the Holy Spirit to be in you and you in me. And now Paul is saying, you know something? If you believe in Jesus and if you know that Jesus died for you and if you're relying on his payment in full on the cross to be forgiven by God, there's something more. Jesus has put his spirit in you and in me. And now Paul says it's time to walk with the Holy Spirit. Not according to the flesh, not according to that old sinful nature, but walk in the Spirit. Well, how do you do that? To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. In other words, if we keep on thinking about those things, if we keep on turning them over in our minds and, and being angry with that person and not forgiving them or whatever it is that we're addicted to in the flesh, we keep spending our intellectual time, our emotional energy thinking about those things. That's exactly what we'll end up doing. On the other hand, if we take the time that we have to think and we turn that away, from those things and we put our focus on Jesus we put our focus on the Holy Spirit we put our focus on the Father we put our focus on his goodness and his love and what he's done for us and what he wants to do for us we can't help it we'll end up doing that stuff we'll end up living life the way God intended us to live it see people try and change themselves their behaviour but at the end of the day, we can't do that. As clever as we are, as smart as we are, as much as God put us right on the top of the food chain on this planet, that's beyond our ability. But what is in our ability is to focus on Jesus. Remember Joyce Meyer hearing her once say, where the mind goes, the man follows. If I focus my mind on the bad stuff, that's where I'll end up going. If I focus my mind on the good stuff, on Jesus, on the Spirit, that's where I'll end up going. Think about the good things. Think about God. Pray. Spend time with Him. Get into the Bible. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds. When we do that, we are giving the Holy Spirit control of every part of us. Day after day, time after time. We can try and do it our own, but we are doomed to failure because the works of the flesh will overtake us. But when we do this in faith, when we accept the Spirit's power in faith, in the same way 
that we've accepted our forgiveness through what Jesus did on the cross in faith. When we accept God's goodness and God's spirit in faith and we spend time focusing on him, listening to him, praying with him, then God's going to change us from the inside out. It's as sure as God made little green apples. It's as sure as night follows day, which follows night, which follows day. I believe that Jesus died for me, not only so that I could be forgiven, but so that I could also be set free day by day by day from my sin and my failures. And that's the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 11. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of God's righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. That's God's promise. Our job isn't to change ourselves. Our job is to get close to Jesus. Our job is to set our minds and hearts on him. Our job is in the heat of the battle to give him a split second, if that's all we have, to involve him, to give him room to move, to draw on his power. Our job is to accept his life in faith. And God will change us. That's his plan. That's his heart. That's his promise. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit to you and to me. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to draw ever closer to God in a rich, powerful, dynamic relationship with Jesus. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Each dollar that you give towards the ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by calling us toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.